Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Dude, Tom Aspinall, Marcin Tybura, or should I just say Tom yeah, just, Aspinall? Just Tom Aspinall, that was, whew, your boy didn't look like he lost a step at all. No, yeah, he he answered the questions, right? Like he came back the exact same. The scary part with him so far is like I hate to say it's looked easy yep. every step of the way, but he has not been challenged, yep. right? He, his longest fight was 6 minutes. It was against Andre Arlovsky, and that's just like wily vet making sure he's not getting just brutalized within the first few minutes, but he was still getting beat up throughout the first round yeah it was I, dude Aspinall he just looks so good like like you want to even root for him because he makes the heavyweight division exciting you know um yeah uh with the crowd behind him showing up the way he did looked loose on his knees you know or on his feet didn't look like anything I mean and then just yeah. looks fast powerful I mean like it was it was like a way to cap out a night like first of all I just want to recognize the crowd. I know we don't need to do that, but the crowd was awesome. And then for him to just go out there and that's straight right down the middle. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. To to drop Tybura like that, who's been in there with some dudes and not, I mean, like Greg Hardy hits hard for all that he is. Greg Hardy couldn't put him away. Ben Rothwell couldn't, um, you know, I mean, Volkov, uh, former world champion in Bellator, like the yeah and I, I was a little nervous because there was one point and it is something Aspinall is gonna have to shore up before really getting these top of the food chain guys he tends to keep the chin up as he's throwing like he got touched a couple of times or it's like okay if that's even somebody like Derek Lewis who's not a top flight guy but like if we're tied to Ivasa like if they touch you right there you're gonna be in trouble but I mean, the first kick he threw with, and I wonder how much of that was like, uh, oh, I'm going to do this for myself, make sure that you know people know I'm not scared, yeah. uh, throwing the leg. But immediately, I mean, he blocked it and it looked like it fucking hurt him. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it like knocked him back. I, uh, yeah, I think it was one of those, maybe not. I mean, hurt, yes, because you're still taking that on the forearms, right? It's like everyone always says, baseball bat to the forearms. Another you know reason 974 while I'm, not a fighter <laughs> but like you saw it like knock him back just the impact i yeah. think was like an oh shit um love the the emotion in the aftermath i know i talked about emotion a lot but just that immediate when the fight was done him like running around the cage just excited and then for him to get on the cage and like take a minute to take a breath mm -hmm. and you saw and then like then the the moment hit him and he kind of started crying a little bit. And then you see him get down there, like hugging his dad. Cause his dad's always in his corner. Like those are the types of things where it's like, it's easy for us to just see what happens fight night. Yep. Right. But like what we don't see is all of the work that goes into getting back to where you were, you know, and, and all of that, not just the physical work, but the mental side of like, Hey, I was in there. I threw a kick and my body failed me. And now I have to go back in there and do it again. You know, like that. I love seeing that side of it. And just to 
yeah and anytime once again his dad you know like his dad being in his corner it's like oh man i can't even begin to imagine you know what that would feel feel like to see your son coming back from that and then just perform at that level in front of the hometown crowd yeah especially because like taking in the moment i mean you're right because we know these people's stories we don't just see like night of we hear you know whatever it's like if I stub my toe, sometimes I'm like nervous to walk around the couch again. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah. like you, you blow out your knee in front of everybody, in front of a grown man. And these are, I mean, all these are all grown people, but the heavyweights are grown men, you know? Yeah. And, and to kind of take that in, I really do love it. I also love what he said, you know, on, on the mic. It's like, you know, to, to say, I'm going to be at that fight. I want that winner than John Jones. Cause, you know, John Jones says the only fight he would come back from retirement is in Ganu. But, if you got people talking shit, John Jones has an ego. No matter what he's trying mm-hmm. to say now, where he's like, I don't have nothing to prove. You don't. But if someone can convince John Jones that another heavyweight can beat him, he might come back. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting though to say winner of Gone Spivak. Uh, if Gone wins, awesome. I would pay a lot of money to watch that fight. Right? Like that is two of the new breed. You know, heavyweights, great athletes at that size. Speedback has been on a run lately, but he already beat him. Yeah. Right. Like in, and crushed him, yeah. like beat him up good. Um, one that I would like to see, you know, potentially winner of Blades, Geraldton Almeida, uh, just because like the, the Blades fight, technically Blades has the win over him. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I know it was an injury, but still he has the win over him. And obviously Almeida, like he's just phenomenal. And then the other one, you know, the the big Russian yes, on the outside yeah. there, Sergey Pavlovich, uh, sitting there waiting. So, you know, he has to have a fight soon. So, yeah, I think any of those like heavyweight is starting to get a little yes. fun. Um you know, I during the broadcast they were trying to hype up the uh, the new British heavyweight uh, Parkin. Just, I mean, he lasted 15 minutes, which is always good to see in a heavyweight because some of them it's like three minutes in and they're gassed. Yeah. Um, granted, it was at like his distance, his pace, so that's that makes it a little different. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that like heavyweight is actually exciting again. Yeah. You know, like we got four or five guys where it's like, hey, there might be like we have fun fights, not just you know one punch. You know, fat guys <laughs> trying trying to fight each other. You know, there's like legitimate intriguing matchups. So good on the heavyweight division. It's amazing how just the return of one prospect like this kind of changes the whole view of the division right so super super excited for that now want to watch aspinall's next fight it's gonna be really interesting to see if whoever he fights next can drag him into deep waters because we have not seen that from him he's just fucking up everybody so can't can't wait to see what's going to happen there um and then what i thought you know i mean it amazing amazing fight was that uh nathaniel wood andre touchy feely which Once again, one of the better nicknames in the sport. Yes. Right? Like my man's called Touchy Feely. Yeah, there's, awesome. there's another nickname I know you'll hit on a little bit later tonight. Um, but Touchy Feely is one of the best. It's it's one of the goat nicknames for sure. Yes. Oh yeah. And <laughs> but I mean that fight was amazing, oh, right? Like Feely dropped him pretty much right off the bat, and then he gets freaking crushed. I mean, scary hurt. And what I love though, he's sitting there trying to defend himself and we you know it's a little different than what happened uh with the Atman Isatar fight where 
he was sitting there trying to give the thumbs up and the ref stopped it while he was getting hit with the ground and pound. You know, Felix covered up just screaming at Mark Goddard, I'm fine, I'm fine, <laughs> you know, which is wild. And Mark Goddard, one of the best in the game, uh, and glad he didn't stop it, right? Because we had a whole lot more of, of really fun fight. Uh, you know, Feely hurt, hurt Wood um, bad, <laughs> you bad. know, in, in that second round, bad. yeah. Um, and yeah, after he stung him, you, you know, it was like this great back and forth, uh, where guys were getting dropped, uh, you know, what almost finishes it in the first round, Feely almost finishes it in the second round. And then we come back third round. And it was a much more measured approach. Yep. Cause I, you know, definitely both guys were like, Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, after, I mean, with the way, with the way Wood got on Feely, but then feel, I mean, Philly cause Philly and I, I like the commentary too, because it's like, God, what would have happened if you would have let him up? You know, because those those knees were vicious. But I mean, w- Wood kind of almost reminds me. He doesn't remind me of the way he looked, but there's something about him. He's very T.J. Dillashaw movement type of thing. He mm. is fucking fun to watch. He's fun to watch, yeah. man. He's just fun to watch. This fight was awesome. Um, always repping for the little guys. You know what I'm saying? When the little yeah. guys are out there like banging. <laughs> And, and that was the thing, too, is I didn't know how this was going to go down. I mean, he had fought at he's fought at 145 a couple times, but you could see he is definitely outsized. Yeah. You know, at 145 and, and feel he's not a small featherweight by any means, uh, but obviously he can take the power of a featherweight, you know, for. Feely's record and, you know, what it is at 22 and 10, he's still. You know, beats Bill Algio. He's been in there with, I mean, some of the best in the world. Bryce Mitchell, you know, Sadiq Youssef, Michael Johnson, Calvin Cater, right? Like the guy, he's one of those guys. When you look at his wins versus losses, his losses are pretty much just to the top guys yep. in, at 145. And so for Nathaniel Wood to, you know, coming off the, the win over Charles Jordan. Uh, it had been almost a year since his last fight to then come in and, and do this, put on this performance. I mean, he could be a problem at 145. That hand speed is scary, yep. right? Like that that left hook out of nowhere. I yeah. mean, just fires it out quick. Love to see it. You know, love to see it. The, these small weight classes, man, they, so they just keep good, putting dude. out such skilled fighters right like nathaniel wood is not he's not going to be ranked probably yeah. come come tuesday yeah. right but uh, and he's putting on a performance like that uh another great performance and it, it always sucks for um you know the guys that fight earlier but you had johnny parsons versus danny roberts that one on the undercard that one could have been a fight of the night uh you know the the jab that parsons was throwing was devastating absolutely devastating like devastating dave turntable slave um but just uh i mean dropping him repeatedly with the jab and sorry this one was the fight of the night was yeah Yeah, the the wood versus feely one also could have been fight of the night glad that this one was being on the undercard because a lot of times when there are you know a good one on the under good one on the main the main gets it so glad to see that but you know, Parsons out there with the nasty mullet, uh, and not nasty in a good way. Like it looks nasty. Um, but just the Muay Thai is, is crazy. His lower body is so thick when he's throwing those kicks when he's throwing the knees from the clinch. Like it is wild, like the power that he's generating and 
you know, by the end of it, they're both just freaking exhausted, but it, it was scary for, for Roberts there at the end of that second round, uh, just really getting it put on him. He was, it was almost like, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje where he was like kind of stepping away mm-hmm. and like didn't look right was just like falling down way after impacts like it was, it was a really weird kind of scary looking scene so I'm glad Danny Roberts got got an extra 50k for that one but shit I'll I'll watch Johnny Parsons and any day after that fight you know you scrap like that I'll I'll watch that and then uh realistically first first fight on the card was really impressive you had uh, Jafel Pastor Fialio, and I'll always mention the name Pastor because I actually had Pastor Taco tonight. Um, but <laughs> nice. he was fighting Barres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what a what a great great start to the card. I mean, Daniel Barres dropped him twice, mm. um, and uh, and they even talked about it on the broadcast like, oh, should you let him back up? He let him back up twice, uh, and rightfully so because then when it hit the ground. Uh, Later on in the fight, it was just a totally different fight. Fialio very, very quickly, you know, just went right in, got the submission. Um, but I I want to watch, coming out of this, I want to watch uh, Barrez fight again because the, the body work he was doing when he hit him to the body and it dropped him and the ref was standing him up and he was just kind of like, no. <laughs> he was just laying on the ground um it happened twice and then he like slowly stood back up you know we saw what happened when it went to the ground could have been different if it goes there while while fialio is hurt but i mean i just i'm a huge fan those of you that have been listening to the podcast you know i'm a huge fan of like dirty body work and and, uh barres does that so once again flyweights you know just fun to watch uh and then Fellow Spaniard uh, Joel Alvarez in his fight against Mark Casey. Uh, what a an interesting fight there. I mean, Joel Alvarez, they credit him for a defended takedown, which is the first one in his UFC career. He now has an 11% takedown defense rate. It was zero coming into this fight. <laughs> uh, but, what, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing because Joel Alvarez going into the fight had 19 wins. Uh, 16 of those by submission so like cool you know step into my office yeah, <laughs> you know, know if you take too. me down on the ground but jacasey was doing a good job of controlling because he had him posted against the fence uh i just i hate the way that it played out at the end because there very much was a clash of heads jacasey stepped back trying to tell the ref the ref said nope keep fighting uh and then that led to that finishing sequence there with the dars and it was just you hate to see it happen that way. I'm I'm genuinely curious as to if they're going to be able to win an appeal here, uh, because that did trigger the the final finishing sequence. Uh, but for, if you're Joel Alvarez, like the ref says, fight. You know you can't just stop. And so uh, now he's at 20 wins. You know all finishes, 17 subs. Uh, must watch TV, as far as I'm concerned. Right, like if the guy wins, he's getting a finish. And the last time we saw him lose, he got absolutely brutalized, and that's kind of fun to watch too, you know. So yeah, and I'll, to kind of tune in for sure. And to talk about that, that was like um, we'll talk a bit later about a obvious head headbutt. Uh, this one was yep. this one was incidental, right? This one accidental. Um, yeah. But it kind of makes you start wondering, like, on terms when we have like an like an accidental eye poke, like you get five minutes to recover and shit, like because it's illegal. Well, headbutts are mm-hmm. illegal. It's like I wonder if there's anything. 
they can do in the moment to kind of like recover because the, the hard part is is like I, I don't know i mean it's a foul why not why not f- set something up where it's like okay this is clearly a foul and the ref catches it right like if it's in between rounds nothing we can do right if the ref doesn't catch an eye poke nothing you can do but he knew what happened i don't know that that was um you want to keep these guys part. safe you know yeah, well, and there was a ton of clash of heads in this card. Yeah. But the the hard part about the clash of heads is, like, I poke, I get it. It affects your ability to see, right? Old kick to the ouch pouch, I get it. You want to throw up. Like, you know, it's painful. <laughs> but, uh, like, clash of heads, you're talking about one cuts that occur. And two, that it's the same as taking, like, a hook or a knee to the head. Yeah. Right? So, like, that is concussion. It's severe damage. You know, it's not like I poke, yeah, compromises you and you can then get beat up pretty badly afterwards. But a clash of heads is like a free knee, you know, an incidental knee to the head. And it's like, I don't care how much time you give somebody. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, like that changes the fight. So, yeah, hard, gray, yeah. you know, gray area, like like with a lot of the fouls in, in MMA, you know. Um, And then uh, up next, we have our... Featured prelim, dangerous Davy Grant versus Daniel Marcos. Uh, y'all got that one right on the poll, so hats off to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good win for Daniel Marcos, right? Like, I get he's the undefeated fighter coming in. I think he was the favorite by the time uh, it closed out. But, you know, anybody knows dangerous Davy Grant, he has the nickname for a reason, yep. you know. Uh, right. The jab, Daniel Marcos's jab was filthy. You know, at the end of the day, all it takes is popping that nose open, right? Like, can Marcos didn't get marked up, and Davy Grant did. It was a really close fight. You know, the, people were throwing around the word robbery, but that word gets thrown around way too much because it was a close fight. Uh, but big win for Marcos. Kind of sucks to see see that for Davy Grant, especially as he openly talked about first time fighting in front of the home crowd in a long time fighting in front of his kids. You know, I think the quote was, it's going to take a, a good man to beat me in fr- front of my sons. Uh, so apparently Daniel Marcos is a good man, yeah. you know, uh, to have once again, another relatively young guy, young in his career. I think he's 15 and 0 now uh, coming in at 135. Guess what? And to, you know, now he's throwing his name in the mix of more prospects that can be brought along right? Like what's to keep us from seeing him versus Adrian Yanez or Chris Gutierrez, you know, like those are fun, fun fights. You know, here's a guy who's, who's two and zero in the UFC now, you know, with, with a finish. So uh, just a, another name, you know, I think it, the feature prelim did what it was supposed to. It wasn't quite as violent as I was expecting, yeah. right? A little more of a subdued affair. Uh, Cause of course, since we mentioned, you know, basically guaranteed violence, it was a little more subdued, uh, but did what it was supposed to, right? Like it, it highlighted either something cool and crazy for Davy Grant or the rise of a new prospect. And, you know, it was a ladder. Yes. And, and I do want to ask, do you feel Marcos won or do you feel Grant could have taken? I mean, this was, this was, this was close enough. Uh, cause those, yeah. I mean, they were swinging, right? They were, they were out mm-hmm. there throwing some fists. Um, that, that was the fight I was, I mean, watching it, it was like, Oh, I don't know who won. I didn't know who won. I couldn't tell who won, but, there was this feeling, and this doesn't matter, but it just felt like Grant was going to get the nod, right? I was just like, I feel like Grant's going to win. I mean, the stats show whatever, but do you agree or disagree? I 
at the end of it, it felt like the tide was turning for Daniel Marcos. I felt like, you know, I felt like he was really working the jab and and that that was the difference. I mean, Davey Grant landed more, you know, in every single round, Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, I don't know if I saw that, you know, like watching the fight. I don't know if it felt like he was landing more and especially in that third round, it, it seemed like, Marcos was was hitting more and not getting hit. Obviously, the stats say something different, uh, you know. And but in two rounds, one and three, it was close. Sixteen strikes to thirteen for Davy Grant, but Marcos landing yep. at a higher clip, you know, or a, a higher percentage. And then same thing, round three, twenty eight to twenty, but Marcos landing at a at a better percentage. You know, it it was one of those where at the end of the fight, whoever won. You couldn't argue, you know. I, I mean, you could argue, but it wasn't like oh, a robbery, like people are trying to say. No, nah, I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a robbery at all. I just, like I said, I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't know who's going to get the mm-hmm. nod. And waiting for it, I was like, I guess Grant. And then it was Marcos. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. like I said, I'm not butthurt about it. Yeah, well, in a fight like that too, like if you're the loser, you can't be upset because it wasn't like this crazy barn burner pace yep. where, you know, like knockdown drag out, like both guys were a little hesitant. And so, you know, at the end of the day, if you lose a close decision and the most strikes you landed around was 26, yeah. it, you know, how upset can you be? Um, so, uh, but you know, I, anytime we can get new blood, new people in there, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, from one undefeated fighter to another, we had Lerone Murphy uh, versus Josh Kulibau. Really good showing by Murphy, dude. I right, like Josh Kulibau is, yeah, Kulibau is not a punk. Mm-mm. You know, his only loss in the UFC up to this point was a weight class up against Jalen Turner. So, you know, I mean, really legit fighter. I am curious as to what happened. I think it was in the third round where that kick got thrown and Kulibau went down. And it didn't even look like it connected Dude, at all. Because like for me, the first round, awesome. Second round, it felt like maybe halfway. I can't remember when Murphy starts mm-hmm. taking over. Right in the third round, when he throws the kick, I'm like, for sure, nothing landed. It was like it looked like it almost whiffed. Right, but yeah. it could just be a combination of damage or whatever. I don't know, but it hurt him. I mean, it hurt him. Yeah. Whatever it was hurt him. And then Murphy just, you know, didn't let up. But, yeah, it was really bizarre. That one was really bizarre. Yeah, and, and especially because, like, Cooley Bow's tough, a tough dude. Yeah. You, you know, so, like, that. yeah, that was that was strange. Uh, but a, a great showing for Lerone Murphy, mm-hmm. right? Here's a guy who's uh, unfortunately had a decent number of fights canceled. Um, but he, when he has had when he has had the opportunity to perform, he has, Yep. you know, you don't get to 13 0 and one, not doing a good job, but you look in the last two years, supposed to fight Jordan twice. Both of those got canceled. He had a fight against Mowgli Benitez in 2020, get canceled. He's supposed to fight Nate Landwehr last year, got canceled, supposed to fight Nathaniel Wood got canceled. Um, you know, he, there's just a lot of, of fights getting canceled, but he, he shows up. You know, every single time, I think he you almost have to because he's a little older for a guy with that kind of record. He's 32. Mm-hmm. You know, do you let him dip his toe in in at the you know top 15? Is that something that that he's earned at this point? It's hard to 
it's hard to say no, he's undefeated, but also, you know, what's his biggest, his, this was his biggest win, mm-hmm. right? Josh Koulibau was his biggest win, but unfortunately for a lot of people, Koulibau is not a, not a known name at all, you know? Um, so, but there are fighters at the bottom end of the top 15 that I think could be fun. I don't think you give him Bruce Leroy because Bruce Leroy has earned his chance to fight up, um, same thing kind of with Dan Ige, but you could do Dan Ige. You could do Edson Barboza. Um, you think he's you know, ready for those guys? I don't know, yeah. but we need to find out, right? I mean, he's he's 32 years old. Like mm. The man's not getting any younger. Like those, That is something that uh, sink or swim now because if it – Yeah, he's, he's going to have – You know, what's he going to do? Years. Wait till he's 30 – yeah, 34, 35, yeah. like uh, especially at a, a lower weight class. Like you, you can't do that. Uh, obviously on an England. Yeah. I, I think you keep them on the England cards, uh, but there's a ton. I mean, the only people that are booked right now in the top 15 at 145 are uh, Holloway and Korean zombie. Yep. No one else is booked. So, I mean, there's plenty of available matchups there. Uh, co-main event, Oof. you know, meatball Molly. I, I think we know who meatball Molly is at this point. It right? There's, there's no, like, I understand that she's got a voice and she's got a personality, but it's like, I mean, you got to show up too, right? Her last two showings haven't been, no, including this one, this, they haven't been good, right? They haven't yeah. been at a quality of matching your performance with your outside of the cage type stuff. But yeah. on the flip side, credit to, and Jewel, I can't, I can't say the names, man. Jewel, Stoliarenko. There you go, Stoliarenko, because, you know, took the aggression, whatever, got her down, and then Meatball got on top, and then she just casually gets her in the arm bar. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about emotion. I mean, gets up, throws her thing, runs. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. To, you know, we, we chronicled last week and on the F update, Strolly Arenko's troubles at the scale. So like for her to come in at 125 and do this, you know, kind of silence the, the crowd in the co-main, uh, you know, for, for meatball, it's like going into the fight. The last one was a bad showing, but that's Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. You know, people think she's a future champ. Yeah. So that one was excusable. This one, Strolly Arenko, she's better than what her record is. Like, I'm not going to, disrespect her like that because she does she doesn't have a very good record but she's been fighting at 145 135 and she obviously looked bigger than molly mccann but just about everyone at 125 does but like i think stoliarenko was fighting way outside of her weight class like she should not have been fighting one 145 especially uh but good for her you know we know we know molly's weakness right Mm -hmm. like the ground game is is not it uh, I was the thing I was impressed with was Stoliarenko. She brought the fight. Yeah, no doubt. Right, like like from Jump Street, she was in her face. She was had wasn't scared to strike. Like she didn't look outclassed on the feet, Mm-mm. which I think a lot of people thought is what was going to happen. Um, credit to Jason Herzog, like he kind of blew it. Right, she was tapping for a full two seconds before he got in there, but he came out and said, "Yeah, I was." shifting my position i was you know circling around to get into the right position and at that point she had already started tapping and so it just took me too long yeah, yeah you know, it, so like credit to him for accepting like yeah you know here's what i was doing here was my thought process it wasn't good how it turned out i'll be better and, and to be honest like I, I rewatched it right before we started recording this and i was like i mean realistically it is 
like a full one second of her tapping and you see him backing up, it's like with that scramble, you just didn't know. You didn't know she was going to scramble into the arm bar. I'm not so... I mean, it sucks, right? Because it's still... The person's tapping, that means I'm done. Right? So you want to... But you watch the whole thing, you're like, yeah, I mean, this isn't one of the more like ridiculous referee moments. So, but yeah. the way her arm is hyperextended, it's like, okay, you know, she's tapping and it's it's always nice for to to think in a world where the other fighter stops, but you, you never know if yeah. they don't even feel it, right? Because to them a tap might just be them readjusting. So, um but yeah, it's not on her. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's not on Stoli Ranko to stop, yeah, you know. It, it's not um but I mean, still, you don't want to see someone's elbow go that way. Dude, it's gross. Yeah, and that, it's like gross. you hope there's no long term yep. damage there, right? Because that is one that can fuck the elbow up. You know, thankfully it was an arm bar and not a heel hook. Yeah. You know, because it's you know the, the arm will heal a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, but we're totally right. Like you know, it's coming. She she has ten submission wins all by arm bar, yeah. right? Like little ronda rousey type yeah, she you know hates arms man <laughs> yeah yeah somebody's elbow did her wrong <laughs> at some point um but yeah you know just uh you know what's coming meatball couldn't defend it interested to see stoliarenko uh, you know again at this weight class just to see uh is this is it a world of change now because she looked really good mm-hmm. in this fight and i think prior to the blanchfield fight you know, if Stoliarenko did this to to Meatball Molly, people would be like, holy shit, like she's legit. So Agreed. really, really interested to see now what Stoliarenko does next. And speaking of doing something next, the next thing you should do is go hit that follow button, like, subscribe, whatever it is on your podcast listening service of choice. That way you do get notified when the F updates drop, uh, since as you saw this past week, the time does vary uh, on those. Uh, and then also when you like, it helps kind of move us up the ranking. So that way when people are searching number one bullshit uh, or MMA, like we're, we're popping up there at the top, we always want to bring more people uh, to the party. Speaking of a party. <laughs> The bear Jew, the bear Jew. <laughs> <laughs> my man, Paul Craig. Um, what a showing, man. What, what a showing. And if you would have told me one of those guys dropped from two Oh five, uh, I would not have said Paul, Paul Craig. Now he looked drawn out at scale. Uh, but I mean, Muniz has a huge frame. Yep. He's gigantic for a one eighty five. Uh, but just a, a really, really good showing. Uh, you know, he did get stuffed to his back a bit on the cage uh, there in the first round, but the striking looked pretty good. It, it's constantly improving. And, I mean, once he got the takedown in the second round, uh, you know, that was vicious ground and pound. Yep. And that's something that we haven't necessarily seen from him uh, as much before. It was really interesting when you heard him uh, post-fight, not in the cage, but later like the post-show, he was talking about, why he abandoned the Dars because it looked tight. And he said, you know, he moved his head and I, I wasn't on the carotid anymore. Mm. And so I knew I couldn't finish it. So I let it go. And just to have like that high level of thinking, you know, in, in the midst of like, oh shit, I'm going to beat this guy yeah. uh, to just be like, nope, don't got it. It's cool. Uh, and then to hear him talk about, you know, pure jujitsu. He's like, yeah, this guy's a world champion, but I wanted him to know he was in an MMA fight. Not, not a jujitsu match. And so I was going to hit him. I was going 
to try to hurt him on the ground. So that, you know, and, and it showed right there. Like, I think in the past, you know, the, the bear Jew tries to just hunt the sub relentlessly there. Yeah. And, and he was like, no, fuck that. I'm dropping elbows. And if you want to get a ref to step in quickly, yep. throw, you know, go full Luda, Ma- throw them both. Yeah, yeah, make it look like that. Um, yeah. Because it, th- at one point I was like, uh, they don't really seem like they're landing, but enough are. And you're just covering up. Like if you're just gonna cover up, throwing elbows by a guy that looks like Paul Gray or getting hit by it's gonna get stopped every time. It looks yeah. scary, dude. Like I would never yeah. want to be on the receiving end. Now, I have never seen someone look so disappointed that a ref stopped because someone headbutted you. But when the ref mm-hmm. stopped and was like, get up, he was like, Come on, man. It's like it's so it's so interesting to see like how strong somebody can be on their back or feel confident. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't even want this. Now it did change the fight in terms of then he got taken down and got on top. But yeah. that headbutt, man, it looked so like like when they said frustration, you know, it, it looked yeah. like and I don't know what the frustration was. You're on top, you know. Um, that one looked a little bit like sus. You know, that one looked yeah. a little sus. It, it looked intentional. Yeah. You know, I, it definitely looked intentional. Uh, I, I think the frustration was coming from the great arm control that okay. that Craig has from the bottom. He does such a good job of getting overhooks, controlling people's arms. And like, that's, it's frustrating, you know, in my limited experience rolling, like it's frustrating when you have a position on somebody, but they're just stronger than you and they can control your arms because that like, you can't do anything. Right. It's like, yeah, cool. I'm on top, but like, I can't hunt anything up. And it's even more pronounced in MMA because like you're in a position where you should be able to, to hurt the person, to, to drop elbows to punch you just can't and like you can't do it um the thing you know kind of going back to the elbows real quick i think part of it is you have to cover up on those and so you can't it it doesn't look like you're defending yourself like all you can do is cover up right like you can't attempt to improve your position because if you stop covering up and you catch one of those clean, it's a big problem. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you always hear refs say, first thing is improve your position, improve your position. So, like, you know, if you can't improve your position, even if you're blocking all of the elbows, like that, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, good on on Paul Craig there. Yeah, it felt kind of weird because he he's ranked number nine at a higher weight class, and it felt like an upset him beating somebody ranked fourteen at a lower weight class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he looked looked good though. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got the personality, he's got that intensity that makes you kind of like this dude's crazy, right? I want to see what the hell yeah. he does. And then if you're gonna look crazy and lose, when you're like ah, everybody everybody will talk to you about the guy that looks crazy, it's like karma. But when you look crazy and win, it's like okay, well. Yeah, that dude's crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's next for him? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- that division could use some help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think he could be fast tracked a little bit. Yeah. You know, just because he, he's ranked number nine at a higher weight class, he's 35. There's, you know, go let, let's go find out. Yeah. Right. I think uh, Jack Hermanson, good fight. I think Hermanson's ranked number 10. Uh, Brendan Allen is another good one, but Brendan Allen just called somebody, I forget who it was, but it was not. Uh, not Paul Craig, uh, Derek Brunson. If Brunson's still fighting, um, Roman Delize could be a good one. But ultimately, the guy that he called out was Bo Nickel. I know, you know, and it, he basically said, "Well, he's a name, first of all, uh, which true, right? You're going to be on the 
the main card of a pay-per-view if you fight Bo Nickel. Uh, but then also, like, how great of a kind of clash of styles where, you know, Bo Nickel is the champion for, like, American wrestling at this point, right? Like, and, you know, you have a guy that's like, whose game is the bottom game, yep. you know? So I think it would be a very interesting clash of style. I like to call out um, serves a different purpose than maybe fighting one of those guys that's higher up in the rankings. Uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, if you get a win over Bo Nickel, then you can kind of call your shot on the next one and, and fight up in ranking. I, interesting call out uh, by Paul Craig, but I, I mean, I kind of like it. Yeah. I, 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 I want to see Bo Nickel fight anybody right now. And mm-hmm. those are two fun, people so i was like fuck it let's have it happen imagine that stare yeah, and I, imagine the build-up it's gonna be great and i want to see that paul craig fight anybody yeah fair right like he fair. getting the takedown violent from the top not just trying to like pull guard uh, yeah i want i want to see that paul craig fight anybody too that's it as far as the fight night uh but we have a pay-per-view coming up this week in beautiful salt lake city we got ufc 291 got a few fighters to watch here now there is one championship on the belt or on the card the co-main's not going to be for the light heavyweight championship they have confirmed uh, but the only title that matters i get it right like we don't want to step on the toes yeah of the only belt that matters the vacant baddest motherfucker on the planet i mean like why why would we mar it with bullshit ass other belts (laughs) what yeah yeah, these these fake belts (laughs) um, that are totally made up out of nowhere unlike the bmf belt Uh, but but as far as an overall card this card is fucking stacked there are a ton of just interesting matchups Good young prospects. One prospect I want to talk about is uh, Gabriel Bonfim. You know, he's the younger brother of Ishmael Bonfim, who we all know was a top of the line prospect, did just lose. Uh, but the younger brother, he's younger, not littler, because he's fighting at welterweight. He's a former LFA welterweight champ, and we know LFA is a great feeder league into the UFC. 14 and 0, all 14 by stoppage, 3 KO, TKOs, 11 uh, submissions, 1-0 and in the UFC on a mounted guillotine in under a minute. It was filthy. It's only 25 years old. And the thing is, on top of the grappling, just fast hands, constant pressure. Now, he does leave his chin up in the air a little bit, and at some point, like, that's either going to have to get He's either going to have to correct it or someone's going to correct it for him. Uh, but he's almost Duke Bronx-like just in that he has so much confidence in his ground game that he just, not Charles Oliveira, but Duke Bronx, like blonde Duke Bronx, right? Like <laughs> after after he had that life change, it was just like hunting people down. Like that's who he reminds me of. Um now, granted, he has not fought anybody like Trevin Giles. I get Trevin Giles isn't some world beater, but the guy's fought 11 times in the UFC in his seven and four. You know, he's won almost twice as many as he's lost. And his only loss so far at 170 is to Michael Morales, who we just saw fight and is another one of these amazing, you know, young prospects. So, real big test for Bonfim. But man, if he passes this test, we got another one at welterweight, right? Bantamweight and welterweight, women's flyweight right now. Like those are the three weight classes that it's just so exciting at this point. Another 
welterweight, not really a prospect anymore, but he was at one point Jake Matthews, and he was supposed to be fighting Miguel Baia or Miguel. Sorry, Miguel Baeza. Uh, he had the French method pull out, so we have Darius Flowers filling in on short notice. But Jake Matthews is 11-6 and six in the UFC, but he's only 28 years old. I think he was 19 when he made his UFC mm. debut. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to, like, he's not really a prospect, but he's still pretty young. Um, he had lost to Sean Brady and had been out for a year, came back and looked absolutely amazing against Andre Fialio. Uh, but then in his last fight, fought Matt Semmelsberger, uh, Semi the Jedi, uh, and just withered down the stretch and i want to know how he rebounds right because he was riding this high coming off of the win over fialio he was like oh man this is a different jake matthews and then he just gets kind of gets beat down late in the fight um he's got to be able to take out a guy like like flowers right is somebody filling in on short notice uh if this is a close fight or if he loses this fight i think I think it's done for Jake Matthews as far as being a, um, you know, being one of those people that could be a top 10 type guy out welterweight. So I'm interested to see that. And then it's just a welterweight bonanza here. Uh, the, <laughs> the other prospect that I want to talk about. Yeah, we're saying things like bonanza. Good, um, yeah, Udos Medic, which what a great nickname. They call him the doctor, which if you hear Medic, okay, but it's spelled like medic. Awesome. People are clever. clever. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah, but he's fighting semi the Jedi. Uh, Medich is eight and one. Uh, all eight wins are by stoppage, six knockouts, two subs. His only loss is to Jalen Turner. Uh, it was by rear naked choke. He got hurt very badly to the body, very badly, um, and then got choked out. Hasn't fought in, in over a year. Um, Semmelsberger is going to be his biggest test now, obviously Jalen Turner, but this is before Jalen Turner was who he is now. Semmelsberger is not an easy guy to put away. And what we see here is Medich is used to putting people away, right? He's never gone the distance in his nine pro fights. Uh, But I want to see him on the scale because he's fought his career up until this point at lightweight and he was tall at lightweight, but he wasn't big. And by that, I mean, he's like six one, but I think he has a six foot reach advantage or mm. six foot reach. So, you know, isn't the longest guy, but he's been off for a year. So like, I want to see, did he do it the right way? Is he filling out? Um, or is it just like a, Hey, it didn't work for me at 155, and I don't want to cut weight anymore. Like that's going to be very interesting to me is what does, Medich look like on the scale and then how does he carry that over against Semmelsberger because like Jake Matthews found out Semmelsberger is going to be there late in the fight yep. so it's going to this is going to teach us a little bit about the doctor uh, and then our fights to watch I'm going to touch on it briefly uh, but it's not I'm not super excited about it but the featured prelim we have uh Derek Lewis against Marcus Hogeria de Lima. Eh, you know, I mean, it's it's a heavyweight fight. There, I'd actually much rather see the Medich Semmelsberger Bonfim Giles fight as the featured prelim. But Derek Lewis doesn't. You know, he fought for a championship at one point. Uh, there's something about the big dudes, right? Like if you got casual people and you want to get them in, you got big dudes fighting. Uh, Marcus Hogeria de Lima 
gigantic lower body throws really good kicks. Uh, but we know Derek Lewis, it just takes one. So, you know, the story of that one is, is can Derek Lewis survive and, you know, land the big shot or is Hogeria de Lima going to be able to kind of weather the, the storm and not put himself in danger? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons this is a good quote feature prelim or quote good is because if Derek Lewis wins, like his mic game is unparalleled, you know? So it's like to get people yeah. to buy the pay-per-view, you have Derek Lewis saying some Derek Lewis shit. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. so if he, if, if the heavyweights do what they do and have like exciting, like just clash of Titans type of shit. And then Derek Lewis wins and gets on the mic. It's like, I don't buy the paper. You know what I'm saying? It's like, gets you excited yeah. for what's coming up. So he always has yeah, that and yeah, it's like, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's like a perspective. I, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. that, you know, but yeah, very, very good point. My balls is hot. I mean, like that's gold. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's gold. Yeah. Hey man, why'd you take your shorts off? My balls is hot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, Ooh. well, you're a star, you know, like on, on to our next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as the main card goes, just loaded, loaded main card for, you know, having the realist title on there and then everything else. Uh, Wonder Boy versus Michelle Pajeda. Something flashy is going to happen, oh, right? Oh, my God. Oh you my can God. guarantee spinning shit. Yeah, 100%, right? dude. <laughs> um, now, Pajeda has mixed it up recently with the takedowns um, and been a little more reserved uh, lately. He is on. He's on a five-fight winning streak. Should be six. Yep. Should be six. That loss was to Diego Sanchez <laughs> when, uh, you know, he hit him with the illegal knee, and Diego was like, "So, wait, wait, wait hold on. <laughs> you're, you're telling me if I don't continue to get beat up, I win?" Yeah, because he was. Yeah, getting, yeah, I'm gonna do that. He was getting beat up, dude. He's getting beat oh, the fuck up. Oh my god. Like so, so I can stop getting beat up and then I win. Yeah, yeah. Let me do that. Man. <laughs> yeah, and this one of those things where, like, you know, in the background, the UFC's like, we're not gonna hold that one against you, bro. Like, that was some, that was some punk shit to do by the nightmare. Um, yeah, that sucks for him, but you know, it is it, to someone that's just looking at his record. It's like yeah, he's got a loss. He's got a loss. Yeah, yeah. To D- yeah, you see a loss to Diego Sanchez, right? Like a recent, relatively recent loss to Diego Sanchez, um, but. It's his 40th pro fight, and he's only 29. Insane. Now he looks like he's 39. Yeah, he does not look young. Uh, but yeah, ton of pro fights, and he's been in some absolute wars. Uh, you know, is Wonder Boy going to be able to defend the takedown? He had been pretty good at it until you know late in his career. Like the you think about the Bilal fight, right? Like he just couldn't couldn't stay on his feet. Uh, now Bilal does that to everybody. I'm right? say it's Bilal, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. but. Wonder Boy's game is predicated on speed and distance management, right? And he's 40 years old now. So, you know, can't, is the speed still there? Can he still manage the distance without, you know, if the speed has gone, can he still manage that distance without being able to get in and out so quick? Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think with, um, you know, Pajeda, what you got to think is even if, even if it's not necessarily true anymore, you got to think, okay, he's going to slow down as the fight goes on, right? Um, and wonder boy has that good, you know, Taekwondo where he can stay in the back, but he's 40. And and like you say, when you're 40, you're thinking like, okay, when is your reaction time going to slow down? Because five years ago, this matchup, you know, a 35 year old wonder boy, it's, it's like, I go in there thinking like wonder boy's about to school a guy that's flashy, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to see everything yeah. that's coming. But I mean, Pajeda is wild. He's quick. He's explosive. And I mean, like he, he can get from one side of the cage to the next in a second. So this is actually a really fun fight. Like I love it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm still a you know I'm still a believer in Wonder Boy as for, not in terms of championship, but like as terms of like you he's that guy that you got to beat if you want to go. Um, so this is this is big for Payne. This is this is huge. This is huge. Yeah, this is the chance, yes. right? Like, hey, hey, Michelle Pajeda, here is your chance to have your name up there with the big boys. Like, you're ranked 15th. Wonder Boy is ranked seventh. You know, you beat him. You are in the top ten. Like, end yep. of story. You're leapfrogging Ian Machado, Gary. You're leapfrogging frogging Della Maddalena, Sean Brady. You, you know, like you're getting up there with uh, above those guys. So huge, huge opportunity, and it's almost a kind of a tailor-made matchup, right? Like, this is one he should, if he's that caliber of a fighter, he should be able to win. Absolutely. Just based on styles. Uh, and then, speaking of styles, we got a clash of them with uh, Michael Chiesa and Kevin Holland. What do you know? Another welterweight fight on this card. So good. Um, but Holland better defend the takedown, right? Like, we have seen him at times, but towards the end of his middleweight run, where he was just, like, willing to give up the takedown, even though he knew he couldn't stand back up. Um, but then we've seen times where he's defended it really well. And and I want to know which one's going to show up because like, ultimately this is Kiesa's last chance to make a run, right? It's been over a year and a half since his last fight, two and a half years since his last win. And he got out grappled by Sean Brady and submitted by Vicente Luque mm -hmm. and grappling was supposed to be Kiesa's thing. Right. So if Kiesa can't beat Holland, he, he has a great thing going on the commentary side, like go do that, yep. you know, because this is the last opportunity you beat Kevin Holland. Like people know who Kevin Holland is. I get the production hasn't necessarily matched the potential, you know, yet, but if you get this win, then that could kind of jumpstart another run for you. Cause ultimately he's in his mid thirties. Like the, the time is now. And then for Kevin Holland, you know, is it the one we saw in the Ponzinibbio fight where he's just, I mean, like dropping him with a backhand, mm -hmm. um, staying focused, not really talking a bunch of shit until later on. I think the only thing he said in that fight was, uh, hey, man, you smell weed? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently they were smoking in the building. <laughs> um, but like, is it that Kevin Holland? Or is it the one that goes against Wonder Boy and is like, hey, yeah, let's not do takedowns. Like, yeah. let's just stand and fight each other um it's gonna speak a lot to his maturity right like is this is this kevin holland that takes on hamzat being outweighed by hamzat on a day's notice right or is it somebody that actually wants to make a run well also for me for kevin holland is um you know like he he did say he had the mindset changes like i don't want to just have fun right i think like the steven wonder boy one was more he was like i just want to have fun see what i can and it's like Having fun is what makes you have fans, but like, I think having fun also, you're not at the, you're not like, uh, like I think Nate Diaz is the ultimate person. No matter how many he loses, how many times he loses, people are gonna always be in his corner. It's because you have mm -hmm. history of him showing up. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Hall, and I, I want to see him focused, but also loose. If if what it takes for him is to be loose and you know be in the moment where he's recognizing that he's smelling weed, I want that guy still, but. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, these this is a big fight for both of them. It's really weird to say that for Kiesa because Holland's welterweight record isn't great. Um, mm -hmm. But like you said, when you have a name, people are fans of Holland. And the UFC is really, it really seems like they like Holland. So they're going to do him a favor. If he beats Kiesa, this is huge. Yeah, and, and like at the end of the day, you got to win. 
Yeah. Right. Like for for Kiesa, it's like, oh, you're fighting down. Yeah, but it's been two and a half years since you won a fight. Yep. Like you have to win. And the same thing goes for Kevin Holland. Like, you know, he's coming off the win against Ponzinibbio, but like at the end of the day, it's great being entertaining. But if you don't win, cool. <laughs> you know, like no one gives a shit if you're not winning. And we talk a lot about like um this is the fight that you're supposed to win if you want to get to the next level. It's really rare that we have it for both sides. Like this is the fight mm-hmm. for both guys, right? It's like there's not one person that's like, ah, if I lose, whatever, I'm I'm fun. No, it's like <laughs> somehow both of you guys have to win this fight for your UFC build career to keep moving up. So yeah, um, it's high stakes, man. Yeah, for both. It's so this is I think this is gonna be a good one. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the fight on the main card that I'm probably least excited about. Yep. And it's no disrespect. It actually has to do with my respect yeah. for one of the fighters. Uh, and that's El Kakui, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. At one point, Tony Ferguson was one of my favorite fighters, right? Yeah. Like he was, there was the dream matchup that was never meant to be between him and Khabib. Um, but like, I just want to see him retire at this point. Yeah. The, the beatings he's taken, he's not the same since that Gaethje fight. Right, he's out here getting DUIs. Like I just, it just speaks to a couple things within the sport, though. Like, does he have money? I don't know. You know, does he have anything else going on outside of fighting? I don't know. Well, te- techno dancing. So yeah, yeah, he's going to raves <laughs> for sure, and he he's got you know, yeah. But it just, I I I don't want to. It's that thing of like. When you grow up and you realize, like, oh, my parents are just people, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're not like these superhumans. It's like, unfortunately, so much within fighting, we see these like mythical figures. I mean, he's El Kakui, the fucking boogeyman. Yeah. Right. Like, people were scared to fight this guy. He changed the way people looked when they fought him. And now it's at a point where, like, he's just a shell of himself. You know, it, it is a li- it's like Chuck Liddell at the end of his career. It's like Anderson at the end of his career. Like, please just give it up, you, you know? And with you know, Bobby green has, he has that ability to make this a sustained beating because he doesn't really have one punch power. He's just going to jab you and just put volume on you for 15 minutes. And, and I, I don't want to see that. And, for Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and the sad thing is, it's like Tony Ferguson's last fight, fights, he's lost, right? But, like, with Nate Diaz, it was actually close, right? And that's Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. And then with Michael Chandler, he's just fucking, like, it's... He, he looked okay in the first round. Yeah, I, I remember yeah, but, but he got shut off. and being like, he looks okay. But he got yeah. shut off, right? And here's the thing, yeah. is that Oliveira didn't stop him. Darius didn't stop him. Gaethje beat the shit out of him. Um, but... Once you get shut off once and you have, like, this history of, like, because even though Ferguson changed people's faces, he was also getting hit. It's just that a lot. he just, he was just more violent. Bobby Green's someone that may be able to shut him off. And there is that part where you're saying the respect where you're like, I don't really want to see Ferguson get shut off. It's always nice to see, like, a good, like, KO. But, it, like, you almost have this feeling like it's going to happen. Unfortunately, I just feel like this isn't going to be a good night for Ferguson. So... It's like, oh, it's sad. It sucks. You know, it sucks. Yeah. But good yeah, for I mean, Bobby ultimate. Green if he wins. But if Ferguson yeah. wins, it's like, God, he's still dangerous enough to stop some of these guys that are like, you know, top of the yeah. top of the food chain. So, yeah, I mean, I I almost hope for his for 
Tony Ferguson's sake, it's like an uneventful unanimous decision that he loses. Yeah. You know, just so like he doesn't take a beating, but like it's time. Where, where, <laughs> where he has to have the realizations like maybe I'm just not there anymore. And maybe he goes to a different, you know, promotion. But yeah, this is this one's he gonna needs be to have that concerning. mask at all. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to have that mask at all moment of just like, hey, I can't hang with these guys anymore. Yep. It's done. There you go. You know. Um but the co main. Ooh, we have Jan Blahovic uh against Poetan. Alex Pajeda, who Pajeda making his light heavyweight debut. He's still ranked number two at middleweight. Uh, and you know, Jan's number three. The last time we saw Jan fight was that uh Magomed Ankalaya fight where he said, My bones are stronger than yours. Fucking I'm gonna kick you in the shin as hard as I possibly can repeatedly. Um has some of the heaviest calf kicks in the game and and not just calf kicks, but he'll go to the you can't defend it by switching stance because he's orthodox. Uncle Ivan's southpaw, and he just fucked up Uncle Ivan's lead leg. Yeah. And then when he went, he when he had to switch stance, it was like, okay, now your calf's gonna get jacked up, right on the other leg. It's scary. And Jan does a good job of checking him too, because mm-hmm. Uncle Ivan was trying to throw him, and they're getting checked. And and something that Boss Rutten talked about, that something Pajeda needs to be careful about is. The way that he throws his calf kick, it's really, really quick, but he doesn't turn it over. Mm. So it's more susceptible to getting checked and broken. And now I don't know if you could even break Poetan's bones because he so. looks superhuman, yeah, so. uh, but definitely something he needs to watch out for. Uh, now, Jan did did kind of gas out against Ankalaev, and I get it's a little bit of a funky situation because all of a sudden a few weeks out that became a title fight when Yuri got hurt yeah because it was supposed to be Glover versus Yuri rematch for the the belt so that was supposed to be the co-main on that card as a three-rounder and all of a sudden it became a five-rounder and when the fight became grappling heavy in rounds four and five Jan didn't have the gas tank at the end and and so somebody needs to be careful of and I don't foresee Pajeda initiating grappling exchanges by any means. Now he has been training with Glover to share and apparently trying to drown him in rivers, <laughs> which if you oh, haven't shit. seen that video, go check it out. Uh, but we saw, you know, Pajeda carries the power into round five. So you can't be gassed out. You can't be tired trying to fight that guy in, in round five. Cause there's, there's a, it could be a problem for you. Yeah. Um, now on the flip side of that, I want to see what Poetan looks like at 205. Me too. Like, what, what does he look like on the scale? Because he was really drawn out at 185. And if you see, have you seen the picture of him standing next to Sean Strickland? Yes. They, it looks like a heavyweight and a middleweight or a light heavyweight and a welterweight. Like it is such a huge disparity in size. And they fought each other. Yeah. Right. Like Poetan is terrifying looking. So I want to see what that looks like on the scale. Like I want to see at the stare down. Does he, cause like when Izzy fought Jan, Jan looked bigger, right? yeah. just looked like a bigger human being, bigger bones, just a larger individual. Kind of like when we just saw Izzy with John Jones, but I want to see if it's the same, like, is it going to be the same thing or is, you know, who looks bigger? Do they look about the same size? I want to know that. Um, what was Absolutely terrifying about the last fight with Izzy and Poetan. There was a point about 30 seconds into round two where he almost connects on this high kick. And there was just an instant where he was like, fuck it. And he just 
started, I mean, just aggressively pressuring him. Yeah. And it was absolutely terrifying because so much of Poetani is just kind of like, you know, he's walking people down, but there isn't like this sense of urgency. You know, he's just kind of staying in front of them. It's like Jason Voorhees, like where you're just walking, you know? Yes. Yeah, like I'm going to get you eventually, so. But this one, for some reason, I don't know if he saw something, but he threw that kick up and he was just like, I'm coming for you. And was like, it was scary. And and I'm interested to see if those moments happen. Uh, but he definitely needs to be very cautious about those long exchanges. You know, when he he has a tendency in those firefights to drop the hands. It's what happened against Izzy um, where, you know, really in both MMA fights and he just didn't pay. He got saved by the bell a little bit yep. in the first one. Yep. Uh, but he gets into those drawn out exchanges and the, he starts firing from the hips instead of keeping his guard up and legendary Polish power coming back at you. Right. Like that's. Yeah. Jan, 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 Jan's got some bobs. Is this a three rounder or a five rounder? Is it three rounder? Three rounder. See, that's, that's yeah. the thing is like, even with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jan versus Ankalaev, it's like one judge gave him, uh, gave Ankalaev the set, the third round, but, uh, I mean, it was, he was winning the fight three, Jan judge is an idiot, by the way. What that gave it to Ankalaev? Round three? Yeah. Okay, no thought, possible way. No, Rewatching no, that fight. Yeah, no not way. not at all. And that's the thing is like, yeah. but you know, the other two judges got it right. Yeah. So since yeah. this is a three round fight, I think it is better for Jan. Um the thing is, is we know Jan can pe- put people out. We know Pajara can put people out. Can they put each other out? The thing that sucks for Poetan is your last fight you got. I mean, it's not that you just got knocked out. You had Izzy knocking you out who just knows how to, like, take a moment and make a fucking moment out of it, right? Mm-hmm. He knows how to just be. So, like, that, the bow and arrow thing, that's that's your last fight. How does that mess with you? Um, he seems like a pretty stoic guy. Doesn't seem like that yeah. good. But the power is going to be different if they grapple. Like, if if John gets him down, it's probably going to be a problem. I mean, Glover to share is the guy that I want on top of me if I'm trying to change jujitsu. But you gotta I, have, I bet he is. Yeah. <laughs> but he's gotta <laughs> have time to to do that live, right? Because Izzy yep. controlled him in that first fight. And mm-hmm. Izzy's someone that will let someone up. So um this is actually gonna be like a really fun fight. And this could kind of spark like cause if Poton goes out there and just starches him, this is gonna spark the light heavyweight a little bit. Right. So Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But what happens if Jan wins? Then you just beat a guy that's never fought there. I don't know. Uh, Jan Jan yeah. doesn't have as much like uh, this. Him beating Poetan's not gonna be as big as Poetan beating Jan. So correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. However, it could get Jan back into like, hey, if he wins, he has to call out Yuri, right? Like immediately call out Yuri. Hey, here's yeah. the fight. You you Let's have go. to because the two champions have lost their belts not fighting right so it's like yeah. yeah i'm if i'm yawn i'm winning and i'm saying give me the belt i'm i'm i actually fight you know so yeah i and i want to know if they're going to grapple at all because like obviously yawn is a smart enough fighter when he was fighting izzy and it wasn't going like how he expected it to on the feet like you know yep. grappled him for two rounds does he try to do that against Poton and can he you know i mean if basically he it's he's training one-on-one with glover Teixeira every fucking day yeah Right. So like, yeah, I'm really interested to see how this fight plays out. And then it just takes us into like an amazing fight. And like we joke about the BMF belt 
even though it is no joke. It is the most legitimate <laughs> belt in the world. Whoever wins it is the lineal, apparently, baddest motherfucker on the planet. But but uh, think, think about but, this, though. How the fuck is it lineal and it's in a different division now? How stupid yeah. is this fucking belt? How stupid it, is yeah. this fucking belt? Well, hold on. <laughs> no, I'm not playing the game anymore, man. <laughs> First of all, it's not. It's not stupid. It's legit like you could um, just make this a five you could, you could just make this a five round fight and we're all okay with it their first fight was a classic it was a oh, classic it, i went back and and rewatched that one what the the pace on that fight is one of the craziest things that i have ever seen fight of the year and the fact that it was fucking five years ago at this point, right? It was a funny year in 2018. Jesus. Rewatching it there in like, it was the Fox broadcast, right? It was wild. Um, but if, and I know like it's really hard to, to recapture lightning in a bottle, right? Like yeah. that is, that was such an amazing fight. It, it's going to be very difficult to live up to that again. But if anybody can, it's these two, right? Like Poirier walks people down. He's always going to be there. His leg was beat to shit in this fight against Gagey. And this was before Gagey even threw calf kicks. Like, that's how long ago this fight happened, right? And he was just, and it's, I get it, calf kicks hard, orthodox to, to Southpaw, but he was beating up the inside leg. I mean, Poirier could barely stand, but still bringing it. I think Poirier landed like 100 strikes in the first round. It was one of the most insane fights. Guys, go go watch it, like, Go watch it. You can find it somewhere, I'm sure, if you don't have Fight Pass. Um, but I, I want to see it again. And I just, we know what Gaethje is, right? Like, he just looked really good against Fazeev, <laughs> rewatching that fight. And Fazeev did better than I had recalled. Uh, but we know who Gaethje is. He's still really good. You know, Poirier? Who Who is Poirier at, at this point? Well, I mean, here, like you said, we know who Gaethje is. Gaethje, when's, when was his last boring fight? I'll wait. It just yeah. doesn't happen, right? But Poirier yeah, on the doesn't playground like, in like fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, but like Poirier really doesn't have boring fights either, right? Mm -hmm. They might not be as violent, but they're at the same way. Like, Dustin Poirier has this thing because like his boxing style is so bizarre, but he has some man strength. He he has something mm -hmm. special about his strength that I mean. This fight is going to be awesome to, to have the lighter guys as the main event to Poetan and Yan. I mean, there's yeah. a reason for it. It's because. Yeah, it's because the belt is on the line. <laughs> I hate you so fucking much. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, the belt's on the line. But also, yeah. I mean, this fight, if it's boring, I can't even, I can't even live in a world where yeah. it, it's not boring. This fight is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I also remember saying that about Nick Diaz, Carlos Condit back in the day. However, don't foresee that type of fight playing out here. And, and I had forgotten the beating that uh, Poirier had put on Chandler. And actually re-watching the Oliveira-Poirier um, fight, Poirier did a lot better than I had recalled. Yeah. You know, kind of like everybody, even like during DuBronx's amazing run, and I think part of what made it so amazing was he was get, he got beat up in every fight. Like all of those big wins he had, he got beat up at some point or another. Like even the Islam fight, Islam didn't do or sorry, not the Islam fight. In the uh, uh the Gaethje fight, Gaethje drops him. Right, Chandler drops him. Uh, that 
Poirier, right? Like all of those are really competitive fights. So, I mean, realistically, if whoever wins this fight can kind of make that call on on Islam, right? Man, why like wouldn't that you? is, yeah, because the next, I mean, Islam hasn't fought either of them, right? Like, you know, I mean, obviously, you're going to have Volkanovski there, like raising his hand, yep. you know, saying, "Hey, guys, what about me?" Uh, but if if Islam beats Dubronx, mm-hmm. right, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, our fight announcements, like the winner of this fight needs to to make that call, right? Like ultimately, this is a number one contender fight. You know, if you care about the meaningless belts like the lightweight championship, um, <laughs> but the winner says, "Hey, hey, is Islam Dubronx? Whoever wins this one, I'll put my belt on the line. C- come see me." Yeah. If you want to be the baddest motherfucker on the planet, <laughs> it's just stupid. It is yeah. so so dumb. But the fight's not going to be dumb. No, it's be <laughs> Super pumped about the fight. Um, but I, the game that I'm looking to see is the leg kicks. Like is Gaethje, because he hasn't kicked the upper leg in a long time. It's been all calf kicks. Yep. Um, didn't really throw leg kicks once Fazeev started switching stances after he beat the shit out of his calf. He really didn't throw him when Fazeev was standing southpaw. So I'm interested to see because he had such success with the the thigh, inner thigh kick uh, in, in the first fight if he goes back to that. We'll see. <laughs> we yeah. shall see. And then speaking of we shall see, mm. Michael Venom Page, MVP is a free agent and i get it's a little later in his career would have been awesome if this was four or five years ago but bellator does reserve the right to match they do have matching rights but you have if you're the ufc you throw something out there right especially if wonder boy wins right because wonder boy versus mvp is like a karate fighter's wet dream right like sheets have been soiled over that matchup (laughs) right so like want yeah i i hope MVP, uh, I hope they can sign him, but because they have the the matching rights, you know what the UFC is going to do, right? They're going to offer him a good amount of money, and then that way they're like, cool, either we get him or Bellator's overspending for yeah, this course. guy. Yeah, but I mean, but UFC pay that man his money because oh. imagine Wonder Boy winning this weekend, the UFC say, fuck it, we're getting MVP over, and then you let MVP fight Wonder Boy and make a name in the UFC and be like, right, and and you know what? At this point, throw MVP to the Wolves. If you're coming over here, we're not going to give you a tune-up. We'll give you the fight that everybody wants to see, Wonder Boy, right? Let you mm-hmm. fight the old head. And then you're fighting the best of the best. If you win, you're fighting the best. And either you better show up or we're going to we're gonna get our little three-fight contract out of you getting your ass whooped. Uh, bring him over, please. Please. Yeah, hey, Shav- hey, Shavkat, we got some. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah. Bring or, him over. Or when you look at the bottom part of the top. 15 and i get it'd be different because wonder boy would yep. be up there uh but him versus della madalena mm. him versus him machado gary that's 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 another uh bef- even before uh della madalena is machado gary come on oh, yeah. dude come on yes. the, the yeah. mvp coming over is only going to make it a vision that we're talking about on this podcast but how welterweight's fucking awesome bringing mvp over it just makes it more awesome it's like Bring him if they can get him. If they sign him, 
like I said, you you throw him to the wolves because he is later oh, in his career. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, you do what you did to Ben Askren, right? Because yes. like at the end of the day, you can be like, hey, here was one of your top guys, and all our you know our lower yes. level guys fucked him up. But like, yeah, do that, yes. right? Because ultimately, like MVPs not. The only boring fight really was the the Paul Daly one where like he turned him into a wrestler. Yep. You know, like the guy is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we we do have some fight announcements. Uh, the main event that I was so excited for fight night in Nashville, Sanhagen versus Umar uh, Nurmagomedov is off. Uh, Umar tore his shoulder in training. Uh, Going to need surgery on that. So no longer in the main event, uh, but coincidentally on the UFC 292 card, you were supposed to have Rob Font versus Song Yadong. Uh, apparently Yadong pulled out. Nice. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. And so Rob Font is going to fight on short notice, couple weeks uh, against Sanhagen at a catch weight of 140. Had it not been announced Umar versus Sanhagen, and this was the original. Love it main event fuck yeah you got two long lanky strikers like let's do it um but there is a little bit of that like you know kind of a bit of a letdown uh but strikers delight right like this is this is gonna be fun uh so a little bit of a change there and then we have had uh some big changes to ufc 294 in abu dhabi and Two of the fighters that were supposed to be fighting on this card. Uh, it's the reason, actually, that I think it was Kia or Wonder Boy versus Pajeda got bumped to the main card. You were supposed to have Ikram Alaskarov versus Paulo Costa uh, fighting on this upcoming card, 291. They have been rebooked, both of them, for Abu Dhabi against different opponents. Ikram Alaskarov is fighting Nasruddin Imovov. Uh, so he's still getting a top 15 guy, yep. not a top five guy. Uh, but realistically, Imovov has more wins over active UFC fighters than Costa does. Uh, so I think this fight's actually going to tell us more about Alaskarov. Uh, and then if you're into shit talk, uh, Paulo Costa got booked against Hamzat Chemaev. Uh, Chamaya fighting at middleweight now. I think this will be his third fight uh, at middleweight in the UFC. I think his last fight there was against uh, Gerald Mearsharded in his pants. Uh, so should be a good one. Going to tell us a lot, right? Because Costa on fight week before, he'd been like, fuck it, I want to fight at 220. Uh, we all remember against Vittori when he came in at light heavyweight. Uh, so, but Chamaya has that fuck it to him and these guys have been talking shit to each other for and a I love it. long time. I'm so ready to see Chamaya fight. Um Kosa's game, even if he's losing, he's game. You know, I think one of the worst fights I've seen him in was probably the Izzy. Izzy stopped him. Right? Izzy froze him. But other than that, Costa's Costa's in good I mean the Luke Rockle what the Luke Rockle fight, they both got tired. Right. Mm-hmm. And Costa started looking like an old man. Um yeah. but with Hamzat's energy. This is this is going to be a fucking good one, man. This is yeah. going to be good. Oh one. yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, can Costa tire him out? Right? Can can Costa survive the barrage and and tire him out? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy that walked down Yoel Romero. I know, or like prime Yoel Romero just walked him down without a fucking care in the world. 
that's the Paulo Costa I hope shows up, not the one that showed up versus Vittori. And even the Vittori fight was was competitive. It was a really good yeah. fight. Um, hopefully not the one that showed up against Rockle. Right? Yeah, the like best I, I Costa. Want somebody we, that's dangerous. Yeah, the best Costa we've seen is the him standing in front of um, Yoel. That's the that uh, he hasn't looked like that again. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe Hamza brings that out of him because I do want to see Hamza. If Hamza's going to stay at one eighty five, I want to see him fight. I mean, this is top five. It's top five. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Um, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, and then the headliner of that card, uh, we have Islam taking on uh, Oliveira in the rematch. And the way that first one played out, I would not have wanted a rematch so soon. But God, what do Bronx did to Benil Dariush? Like, I want to see the rematch how, how so you, bad. Yeah, how can you not? How can you not? That version of Oliveira is so scary, <sighs> right? Now, now, if Islam doubles up, does it again to him, yep. that tells us a lot yep. about Islam. Right, and then whoever the winner of, you know, Gaethje Poirier, that will be the next challenge. It'll be a little different if Oliveira wins, just because he's beaten, yep, you know, beaten those guys before. Uh, but yeah, very very exciting. That now we do have to wait till October twenty first, uh, for for that card. But you better believe the return to Abu Dhabi. They're just going to be putting more and more fighters uh, on that card. Uh, and then I don't like to you know, hang out in rumors, but there there was one that seems like it's going to be confirmed here pretty soon, uh, and that is UFC 295. It looks like they're going to add Leon versus Colby yep. uh, for the welterweight title there. Now, I think Colby's only win against an active fighter in the UFC is uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, um, or a ranked fighter in the UFC, I believe, is Dos Anjos. Uh don't think he should be fighting for the title right now, uh, realistically, but I, I want to see Leon Edwards fight. And Colby's just one of those people, like, he's going to show up. He's going to bring the pace. So, like, at the end of the day, it, it's he's not going to, like, get the opportunity and shit the bed, right? Yep. Like, he's going to show up. He's going to fight. So, if it does happen, if that is the one that gets signed, uh, okay. Once again, sucks for Bilal. Uh, but, you know, definitely uh, if they add, if that one, does get announced you're gonna have two title fights on that card you know with jones versus stipe uh, as the headliner there oh and another one that i had uh left off uh but do want to circle back to is it had not been announced but it had been assumed on 293 the headliner was going to be izzy versus drickus drickus is now saying he's not going to be able to get into full camp in time and we even talked about that on Man. the podcast right of like yeah it's going to suck for him to turn around and go right into camp um Izzy then called out Sean Strickland. You know, does a, a win over Abus Magomedov get you a... No, but it's fresh phase, right? Like, it's someone that he yeah. hasn't fought. Man, it's like... I mean, I think Izzy's going to school him, but mm-hmm. Strickland's game? The the yeah. I mean, Strickland on the microphone has gotten people to kind of get on his side when he's talking shit to Izzy, so it's going to happen. It's going to be a big buildup. But Izzy's just, I, don't, I think Izzy's on too good. He's too good. Yeah. I think the one thing the Strickland fight does is it's new blood yep. while maybe a Brandon Allen can get a win, yep. you know, or an Imovov can get a win. Yep. You know, one of those guys can make the name and and then hopefully, or Hamza Shmaev yep. gets a win. And and then it's like, okay, we'll do Izzy versus Hamza. I, see, I, I, uh, think, I, think, I think Izzy beats Strickland. That's just my opinion. I'll say mm-hmm. that until I see it not happen. I think then... DDP gets a shot, right? Like DDP is going to get a shot after that. Yeah. 
Yeah, unless they Izzy is the type that gets to call his own shots. Yeah, but Izzy wants to fight this guy. It's it's different if he's like, I don't know why this guy No, it's like I want to fight him. Fuck Hamzat. Like Hamzat's gonna talk shit, but it's like we don't even believe when's the last time Hamzat fought, right? I think Izzy's gonna still get on that microphone and be like, I still got one guy to beat. And I wanna see that fight. <laughs> um, hey, I'm yeah. I'm with you. You know, uh guys don't forget to go out there. Uh, and follow on Twitter at number one BS pod. So that way you can catch the F update. I hope it's a short one next week. I hope everyone makes weight. Nothing's canceled because this is an awesome card. Uh, I hope it's, you know, there's some intense stare downs that we could talk about, but I hope it's like a three minute F update because we don't have any last minute replacements uh, or anything like that. Uh, but you got anything, brother? I don't, man. I like, like, like you're saying, the only thing I don't hope for is that we lose the bad motherfucker title coming up. You know, I hope yeah. when your F update, there's no change to the bad motherfucker tighter title. That's a hey, tighter. <laughs> hey, it's a tighter. Bad motherfucker. <laughs> if you're fighting to be the baddest motherfucker in the planet, you don't not show oh, up. Oh, yeah, you don't not fight. show up. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're you right. go full Stoli Aranka, you pass out twice, but then you go fight. Because <laughs> yeah. you are the baddest motherfucker on the planet. The highest title in fighting right now. Appreciate you, brother. Love and respect. Later.